This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. All right. So today we're going to talk about saving money at the gas pump. But that's just in between your vehicle repair questions. And we're going to talk about miles per gallon. We're going to talk about how to measure it, how to increase it in your car, and maybe what are some, if you're looking for a new car, what are some of the cars that do have very good miles per gallon? Um, For reference, and I'll have this on our website, there's a government website called fueleconomy.gov, and it has a lot of good tips on what you can do. It has uh, links to different cars and their miles per gallon. So if you want to peruse that, go to fueleconomy.gov. Or you could just spend the hour with me and Allison hanging out. And we'd also, don't forget, Allison is here. She loves to take your vehicle repair questions. Now, so figuring out miles per gallon on your car, it's just math. Yep. Yep. It's pretty easy, I think. And now, you know, everybody's car has a, a trip odometer. Mm-hmm. So to to figure it out, it's it's super easy. You go to the gas station and fill up your car. Mm-hmm. Now, when you fill up your car, you, you stop it. When it stops, you don't try to put a little extra in after it clicks off. Is that right? When I was being really hardcore about finding out my miles per gallon, I would always... Um, not keep clicking it. I'd let it click off on the first one and and do it like that. And I felt like I'd get more accurate miles per gallon. Because you're filling it to the same amount. Mm -hmm. So to start with, next time you go to the gas station, don't just put $5 in. Go ahead and fill up your tank until it clicks off. And then um, you, you go and reset your trip odometer. You know, set it to zero, or if you don't want to do that, just write down your miles. And then the next time you get gas, fill the tank up completely, or to, to let it click off just like you did before. Let it to the same amount, and then write down the number of gallons it takes to fill your tank, and also write down the mileage that you've gone since your last fill up mm-hmm. and then hit zero again and then you're just going to do miles per gallon so you look at how many miles were on the trip odometer and divide it by the number of gallons and that'll give your car's uh, my mpg miles per gallon um and I guess, it, but it, it's it's different. Would you know why it's different for city driving and different for ah, uh, interstate or highway driving? Because you stay at a steady pace on highway driving. You're not stopping and going. Stopping and going uses a lot more gas than um, staying at a steady pace. That's why using your cruise control helps. That's a tip for getting better gas mileage. Cruise control really does help that. Um, so that's why there's a difference in highway and, and city driving a big difference so this way 
it'll give you the average miles per gallon. And, and you'll know if you've mostly spent your time just going to the grocery store and work and home and stuff, whether it's if you took a trip to New Orleans or Memphis mm-hmm. or Atlanta or something. Mm-hmm. But it's a good idea to, to kind of keep an eye. Uh, some folks are numbers yes. people, and they delight in statistics and yeah. keeping up with that. But it, it helps you know where your money's going. It does, and it gives you an idea of how your car is performing. Um, for instance, on my Prius, I'm getting an average of about 38 to 40 miles per gallon, and it will change and fluctuate on this car. I know that's not as good as it's supposed to get for that vehicle, so I know something's wrong. Um, so it can be an indicator that there's a problem with your car if your gas mileage goes down and lower than what it should be. And you can check it by going on that website that that Liz mentioned, fueleconomy.gov, to see what you're what it's supposed to be getting. Now, the way they do that when they're checking the miles per gallon on for that website is they're using the same octane gas with the same situation. So you may not get the same fuel economy that is shown on there, but it gives you an idea of what it should be. And if it's drastically different than that, then you know you have a problem. How you get increased fuel economy, like you said, you know, a lot of it will depend on on your vehicle. What are some good tips for driving to get the best fuel economy? Um, one of the the first tips I'd offer is to drive sensibly and not aggressively. Obviously, that's going to take more power to go faster. And when you're speeding up too quickly all the time, um, I used to ride my grandmother in her car, and I couldn't believe how fast she would go between stop signs. It was like she was on a race to see how fast she could get to the next stop sign. So don't drive like that. Don't drive like my. She was definitely not your average <laughs> grandmother. <laughs> Maybe I got some of my racing from her. Um, I used to have a really heavy foot and drive aggressively, and I, I wasn't. That was back in the day when the gas was only eighty nine cents, and you know, so you didn't even have to worry about it. But now we definitely do. The gas prices are a little higher than the normal, so don't drive aggressively. Well, and you've talked about how that takes wear and tear on your brakes too. It takes wear and tear on everything on your car. It's shaking everything. It's your engine mounts, and everything's moving and bumping back and forth when you're revving up on it. Um, that's why racing puts so much wear and tear on your car because it, it's it's so much turning and, and shaking back and forth. Um, we like to tell people coming autocross that it doesn't take a big toll in your car, and to some degree it doesn't, but to some degree it does, and you've got to be aware of that. But, um, yeah, so it does put a lot more wear and tear on pretty much all the components of your car. All right, so zen out when you drive. Make it to your little happy place. Don't drive aggressively. What else can you do to have more efficient um, miles per gallon? Observe the speed limit and... That is actually, the speed limit is set to help gas mileage. It's not just something that they came up with. It's um, something they, they're trying to make a, uh, make a, a sacrifice between getting somewhere quickly and using a lot of gas mileage. So they came up with a number for the location and where it's at that's going to get you good gas mileage and get you where you want in a reasonable time frame. So observe the speed limit. I know my older years, I've gotten a lot better about driving the speed limit when I'm on the road, and it definitely helps a lot. 
and when I'm having my hybrid car now, I'm, I'm trying to get the best gas mileage because it's like a numbers game and it's fun to fun to play. I can imagine everybody. Those are two things that are easy to do. Uh, and yeah. what give us give us some more uh, tips for increasing your fuel economy. Avoid hauling cargo on your roof. Um, a lot of people leave stuff up there um, when they've been hauling, or they'll leave the cargo roof up there. Don't do that. And uh, another thing is, and I, we can joke with Michelle about this, don't put a ton of shoes in your trunk. <laughs> don't have your um, trunk in your car full of stuff. But uh, part of my gas mileage problem is I do have a big, big toolbox in my Prius, and I, I have to have it. So if you have to have it, that's understandable. But if you don't and you can take it out of the car, it really will help with the gas mileage. My husband drove around for a year with the golf clubs in the trunk, and he never even went golfing. <laughs> but once. he wanted to be ready just in case <laughs> yes. someone suggested they go. But, you know, we live we near the golf club, yeah. golf course, so he could just stop by home to change clothes anyway so yeah, yeah avoid that the excess <laughs> weight um another thing you can do is rem- remove excess weight that's what we we're talking about just then and avoid excessive idling um that's when they, you know they have cars nowadays where it turns off the engine when you're sitting at a red light my car turns off as soon as you let off the gas my car automatically turns off the engine in the hybrid but that's a good feature. It, it doesn't hurt the starter, doesn't hurt the car for it to be turning on and off like that. But and that saves a lot of gas mileage. But if you can, um, just avoid excessive idling, driving around. Like take routes that will keep you from sitting in red lights longer. Um, sometimes, like taking the highway is going to be better than going through stop and go traffic through red lights. If you can do that to avoid it. Yeah, I can imagine if you're waiting in the pickup line to get your kids from school just turn it off yeah just turn it off right that's when you don't see much um or you see a lot of people staying there with the car going which is surprising to me i would turn it off i turn mine off when i'm stuck when they're doing traffic or they're doing road uh work i'll turn my car off then and put it in park and you know and then turn it off uh, as soon as I realize we're going to be stuck there for a second. And it takes two seconds to crank it back up, and you saved yourself who knows how much gas. All right, let's get one more tip. Use cruise control. Um, I love it. I love it. I love I it. That's my favorite in the whole wide world. I, I love it. I wonder when they came out with that. That's a really, really good one. Cruise control is awesome. So if you can, use that as much as possible on long trips and – I actually use it around town. Yeah, I know they had it in the 80s. Let's go to V in Waynesboro. V, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? Yes. um, Allison, would you speak about uh, replacing spark plugs? How easy or should one go into a shop? Okay. Well, it it kind of depends on the car. If you have a four-cylinder vehicle, do you have a four-cylinder vehicle, V? Yes. Then it's generally those are really easy. Generally, what kind of car do you have, actually? Toyota Camry. 
the Camry. Yeah, so that one should be really easy to do, and you wouldn't have to go in a shop. You can watch a YouTube video about it; would help you. And yeah. um, and I recommend putting the anti seize. It goes on spark plugs. It's a little packet that they sell you when you buy spark plugs. Go ahead and get that packet. They're selling that because you actually do need it because of the changes and the difference in materials between the spark plugs and the aluminum head that's on your vehicle. Keeps it for seizing. And um, but for what type of pack? What was that? It's called anti anti seize lubricant that goes on the spark plug threads and um you can read the directions and it'll tell you how to do it and the um the the, uh, if you have a v6 vehicle unless it's rear wheel drive it can be hard or, or difficult to do the spark plugs on like on a front wheel drive vehicle it can be a little difficult to get the back ones you can do it but generally it ends up taking a few more extra tools that like your average diy may not have so you may want to take it to the shop for that but if you're a DIYer that does have a lot of tools, different socket extensions and stuff like that, it may be easy for you to get to those spark plugs that are on the back side of the car. Um, they, are, they are a little bit difficult. So it really depends on the configuration of your vehicle and what size engine you have. Some are easier than others. Will there be a YouTube video that says 2000 and whatever Camry? Yeah, there should be. Um, there's generally spark plug videos for just about every car out there. Oh, okay. Because that's a popular one to do. Mm-hmm. So you can check it out beforehand and know whether you think it's something you can do, V, or anyone out there listening. So, sure. so, so Thank you. You're welcome. More fuel economy discussion next. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We'll have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast. We're on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for the week. We've got the 2020 Hyundai Sonata. The tire pressure label inside the driver's door and the owner's manual have an incorrect tire size, which may mislead the owner to install the wrong tire size. And cause your car to crash. So oh my gosh. the dealers will install a new label sticker over the tire pressure label and a in the owner's manual. Also, the 2020 Jeep Gladiator, the 2018-2020 Wrangler has a recall. It has a clutch plate issue. And the remedy for this is still under development, so they don't know how to fix that. The 2020 Chevrolet Silverado 1500 and the GMC Sierra 1500. 
uh, bolts used to attach the front and rear brake calipers may not have been heat treated and may break. So they will replace the brake caliper bolts for free at the dealer. And last, the 2019 Ford Ranger has a recall. And this is the climate control blower motor. Um, the They will inspect it and replace those that were built during a specific time frame when apparently they were having some trouble with their blower mowers. But you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration website. That's nhtsa.gov slash recall and inputting your VIN number. Folks, we pay enough in taxes everywhere, taxes, taxes everywhere, that we need to take advantage of all of the government services and information that they've got for us. Mm -hmm. So head over to that NHTSA. They have lots of great information on there about your car, not just recalls. They've got some great tips. And we've also been talking about the government's website, fueleconomy.gov. And they give some great tips on how to take care of your car so that you get the most fuel economy. We're talking about miles per gallon, MPG, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. It's kind of quiet today. Allison's sitting over here twiddling her thumbs. <laughs> Y'all, go ahead and call us in. At least just call us in to tell us how nice the, the spring weather is today where you are, if you didn't yeah. get a tornado last night or something. Anyway, our email mm-hmm. address is auto at mpbonline.org. Now, we're talking about improving your miles per gallon, and we talked about the way you drive could affect your car, but also if there's something wrong with your car, that will affect its miles per gallon. Is that right? Right. Like if you haven't replaced the spark plugs in a while, it makes the engine work a little harder, and it puts a little more fuel in there to make it work if you haven't replaced your air filter it makes it think it's not getting enough air if it's too dirty and it'll put make it run rich and it use more gas mileage so your basic tune-up can help with with gas mileage so keeping your car tuned and your engine tuned up is is a really good way to help that intake clean that i talk about doing improves miles per gallon uh, noticeably on vehicles, um, cleaning out all that nasty gunk that gets in your air system. And um, let's see, uh, that's the main things that will affect your fuel economy that have to do with tune-ups that people often neglect. All right. And, you know, we said call in, and they did. We now have full lines. So let's oh, well. go to Tupelo and talk to Terry. Terry, thanks for calling in today. Give me your comment or question this morning. Well, you know, I was feeling kind of sorry for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Thank you. I thought I'd call in, especially since it's on fuel economy. Our company uh, switched over to all Priuses about... Oh, seven years ago. Huh. Yeah. And the amount of money that we have saved, because we're talking about anywhere from 45 to 52 miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And the beauty of it, too, with the Prius is, is when you open it, the, they're all hatchbacks. Yeah. So when you open the back, it's a straight-in shot so we can, like, put our equipment, you know, without having a hump or anything like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it has just been a godsend. So I liked mine so much that we went out and bought a Prius for ourselves, for our family, about uh, two and a half years ago. And we've gotten just tremendous gas mileage. So, yeah, I know sometimes they get a bad rap, but, boy, it has really, if you're looking to save money and have a very dependable, they don't break down hardly ever. Yeah, Uh, that's true. You know, this is the car, and they're very uh, comparably priced to just a regular sedan. Yep. Mm -hmm. So just, just a thought. For people out there. I love hearing yeah, good you. news. I love hearing happy news. So, uh, Terry, yeah. we're so glad that you're happy with well, the Prius. Well, if I'm going to be the first to call in and break the drought, I can't <laughs> <do> bad news. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you calling in from Tupelo. Let's go to Homer, who's called in from Lyon. Homer, how are you doing today? What's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Um. Gas mileage. Um, I wanted to ask Allison those additives, additives that you actually see in the store that give you well on the can it says it gives you better gas mileage. Is that uh, those, do they actually work? And one other thing, now I drive about a hundred and. 40 miles when I do go to work, I mean, for the whole day, it's about 70 miles one way and 70 miles back. I do it about three to four times a week. Goodness. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that when I drive around 60 miles an hour, but putting the same amount of, well, putting the tank on full, if I drive around 60, when I get home, the gas hand is in a different place. So that driving around a certain speed, uh, works and one other thing I want to say before the additive uh, question is: read. I bought a Dodge Dakota, and I'm the one who had that problem, that headlight problem with that Dodge Dakota. I got it fixed. Oh yeah, uh, seven hundred bucks. Oh wow, what was the uh, fix? Yes, it was the computer control. Yep. It, it controls a lot of things on your vehicle. The light yeah. is one of them. Um, the computers and, go out uh, on Dodges a lot, so I'm not yes, surprised. I, I've had two of them, and I've had the computer go out on one on a 95, spent yeah. $1,500, replaced yeah. the computer, didn't have a problem out of it again. Goodness. This one is basically, I mean, these cars now just uh, four wheels with a computer on them now. Basically, and, yep. <laughs> and this, That's a good this way to put truck is, is actually, uh, it, it's a good truck, but it's, it's like a, well, I want to say this. If you buy a vehicle, I don't care what age it is, if a owner manual is in that truck or vehicle, read it. Mm-hmm. I was putting premium gas, uh, a mid-grade gas in that truck, and I started hearing a little pinging in it. Got the owner's manual and read it, and it said, "Do not put the lowest grade gas you can put in that truck. Put it in there." Goodness, yeah. 
Huh. And for most cars, that's true. As far as I know, just put the lowest grade in there. It's, it's, it's um, Your higher performance vehicles have the premium gas need. But that's amazing. Yep, and you got that from reading your owner's manual. We love reading the owner's manual. Thank you, Homer. We appreciate you calling in with that. Our email address where you can send questions is autocorrect. I'm sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> auto at mpbonline.org. Saving you money at the gas pump and taking more of your car repair questions is next. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, this lady right here, she is the lady auto mechanic and is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show and listening to the podcast on the MPB Public Media app, you can click support and make a contribution because we really rely on contributions to purchase our national programming, all the this news that we get that's uh, from around the world and around the country, and it also helps keep the lights on here. So thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Chrysler 200, the 2015 model. One of the complaints is that the engine stalls or shuts off while driving. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. CarComplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. And his review this week is on the 2020 Jeep Gladiator and the Nissan Titan. We've been talking about fuel economy between your phone calls, but we're full up on the phone. So let's start now with Oxford and go to Corinne. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a... A Volkswagen Passat. It's a diesel engine, and it gets good gas mileage, especially on the highway. However, diesel is so much more expensive than regular gas. I'm wondering if that, if it's really more economical. Well, you have to do the math on it and figure it out. But when I had a diesel little car, it was a Nissan Sentra diesel. It got 
about 50 to 55 miles per gallon. And it ended up being better um, for money savings to have that diesel car because the gas mileage was was so much better for yeah, me in is. that case. Yeah. Um, and I also have heard that diesel engines last longer. Is that true? They do. They do. Um, they're they're a nicer setup. I love a diesel engine, a good, well built diesel engine. Um, my dad had a couple of diesel Cummins engines that lasted well over five hundred thousand miles without a single problem, and um, we're pulling heavy trailers and all that right along with it. Um, so they they do. So they they're a good vehicle if as long as you take care of them, do the maintenance on them. Read your owner's manual, Corinne. Read your owner's manual. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Yeah, do the math. If you if you figure you're getting a third more miles per gallon, or even you, uh, you know maybe then then on a regular gas, mm-hmm. uh, is the gas cost a third more? Mm-hmm. You know, you just just need to do the math. All right, let's go to Jerry, who's on the road. Be extra careful, Jerry. But we're glad you called in to autocorrect. Go ahead. Well, hey, thanks for taking my call. About the lady with the diesel, I also had a VW diesel Passat, and uh, the way to do that is figure cost per mile, not miles per gallon. And and my diesel was way, way more economical than the gas engines that I've driven. It's a very good vehicle. I had 300-something thousand miles on before I, I unfortunately totaled it. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, we're sorry about but, that. Uh, my, my comment was about figure miles per gallon on it. I have app an app on my phone and in it I have every vehicle and every time I stop and fill it for gas I put my mileage the cost and gallons and it does it for me keeps a running total and it also tells me when my maintenance is due like when to rotate tires when to change fuel filters and things like that what app is that Jerry uh, it's called uh, wiki wiki uh, well I have one called carbminder and that kind of went south and then the one I use now is here, I'll read it to you. Oh, Sorry be, to ask. Be careful. Be careful, <laughs> I thought, Jerry. I thought you might know it off the top of your head. It's W-E-I-K-C-A-R. Um, W-E-I-K-I-C-A-R. C-A- no, C-A-R. Okay. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Y- Y-E-I-K-C-A-R. Why um, car? What a weird name for app. It is, it is, it is kind of weird, but it'll remind you to clean your car. It'll remind you to rotate your tires. And, you know, all my vehicles have different maintenance requirements, and I can add and subtract individually for the vehicle. And when it gets within 600 miles of something being due, it tells me. And I have a running total cost per vehicle on everything I do. So it's, it's very useful. That's very interesting. Oh, yeah. I see it in the, the Google Play Store. So mm-hmm. that uh, I think I think you've, you've found my new favorite toy, Jerry. I'm going to try that. I did have a question for Allison. And is there, do you think there's a difference between synthetic oil and conventional oil as far as miles per gallon goes? As long as it's got the energy start symbol there is there is there a difference besides cost synthetical is a smoother and so it's it puts it's less resistance in your engine so you do get a little bit better fuel economy 
But you should run whatever is for the vehicle and not change it. Just run whatever right. is for the vehicle unless you're comfortable with knowing how to figure that out. But otherwise, just do what's on the on the car. Um, that's part of the reason why they that all manufacturers just about have gone to full synthetic and brand new cars because tolerances are tighter and it's smoother, lasts longer, and it um, it does get better gas mileage. All right, then. Well, well, thanks for being there. I support you guys every month, and I appreciate your efforts, and I really like your show. That's awesome. Yay, Thank you. Jerry. Yay. Support MPB. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to Franklin County, and Vonnie is on the line. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. Enjoy your show daily. Excellent. That's great. I have a 209 Mercury. Runs well. I only have 73,000 miles on it. But my question is, when I accelerate the gas, my air conditioner uh, goes to the floor. When I let off the gas, the air conditioner, blower and such will come back to the top, you know, to the top. Like, like in my face, so to speak. But I just oh, wondered, I see what you're saying. Pardon? I I wonder if your flap is loose in the vent itself, and it's literally just moving with the um, G's that you're pulling when you pull pull away. If the flap is just moving, flap. Yeah, within the dash. Um, the little vent that could shutter be that you up repair. and down. Mm-hmm. No, the uh, with under the dash. Oh, under the dashboard. That that changes it from the top to the bottom. That is literally just moving it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to have a mechanic look at it. Yeah, and that could be. It can be expensive to get in the dash and fix that. If it's something you live with, you might want to. But um, that is a weird thing that I've never heard before. You got me on that one. <laughs> Well, I had my heating unit. I didn't have uh, a had my heating uh, two or three years ago, and uh, but this just started last summer. Huh? Okay. Uh, and and it the flap sends it to the bottom, and uh, when I uh, accelerate, and then when I of course let off the gas, it comes back nice and up top. Huh? But I'll see. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now let's move over to Cleveland and talk to Terry. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. How you doing? Uh, I listen to y'all's show every Thursday, and uh, I was wondering, I, uh, I have a 1993 Crown Vic, and um, is it okay to put the mid-grade in there? Because whenever I go to the gas station, I mean, I put it in there once or twice, but I don't consistently do it. I mean, does it help or anything, or is it just... No, not a good decision. If it if it doesn't call for it, it doesn't do it any good. So I just put whatever okay. it calls for on your vehicle, um, and and that okay. goes for everyone listening. If it doesn't call for it, it doesn't do any good to do that. So some cars okay. like BMWs or mm-hmm. what have you, they specifically say use premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gas, but read your owner's Some manual, Terry. But if, but if your car doesn't say you have to use uh, high performance gas, you you that's just throwing money away. Yeah, just throwing the money away. Okay, okay. And I have one more question. Uh, 
when I first got it, it has uh, only 126,000 miles on it. But when it's idling, it's uh, a, lot, a lot of film. Well, not film, but a lot of steam comes out the exhaust. And uh, I was wondering what that is. And uh, I had it. I had it uh, checked by somebody, and they said it wasn't a cracked head. But I was wondering what is it. It sounds like you've got a hole in your exhaust leak, uh, an exhaust leak somewhere, mm-hmm. and um, you just want to take it to a an exhaust shop and have them figure out where it's at. I've had quite a few exhaust leaks in older cars that I've had, mm-hmm. and um, and they can be. It doesn't have to be in the head. It can be anywhere up under the car, and it'll get into the interior, um, especially at idle. Um, mm-hmm. And so usually that's what it is. It's an exhaust leak within the system oh. somewhere. And that should be an easy fix. It shouldn't cost much. Okay, okay. Thank you. Well, I listen to y'all every Thursday, and I love the show. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. We appreciate it. We've been discussing miles per gallon and taking your repair questions, just like we did from V, Terry, Thomas, Corinne, Jerry, Vonnie, and Terry. (laughs) You can send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? We'll tell you. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. You didn't think we could go a whole hour without mentioning (laughs) the COVID-19. Saudi Arabia and Russia are having a price war with the gas and the price of the barrel of a barrel of oil is dropping it's plummeting so the miles per gallon i mean that's it's going to be going down anyway uh, there you go <laughs> that's uh, i guess maybe that's something good it's because uh, you know play, people aren't on planes people aren't on cruise ships so they're giving a, they're putting out a lot more gasoline so people will use it so they'll make more money Anyway, we're talking about miles per gallon, but we're also taking your car repair questions. So let's go to Macomb. James, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I don't have a, necessarily a, a, a problem. I have a issue, and I just needed to let other folks know about it. If you own a 2019 Buick Enclave, and when you accelerate, it hesitates. It'll hesitate, hot or cold. And uh, we have taken hours in. The dealer has been really good at trying to fix it. And they even asked for a Buick to send an engineer to look at it. 
And when I went on uh, the Internet to Edmonds and places like that, it's an issue that has been around since uh, at least 2018. And when the Buick uh, engineer comes, unless it happens when when he's there, he will not recognize it as a problem. And Buick is, uh, I think, stonewalling, fixing uh, the hesitation problem. It, it, it doesn't do it all the time. It just does it. Uh, it can do it in traffic or even on the interstate as you accelerate to get on the interstate. And that sounds uh, like it could be a little bit dangerous, too. Yes, ma'am. And it, we have uh, the people at the dealership tend to think that it might be an electronic issue, obviously with all the computers. But Buick is dragging its feet in uh, either recalling it or actually addressing it as an issue it's not just our car it's hundreds uh, i know that mine was manufactured early in july of 2019 as a as a uh, 2020 no i'm sorry 2018 and it came out as a 2019 so it was one of the first ones to come off the assembly line uh, when they changed models so I know that it was a problem in 2018. I know that it was a problem in 20, and it is a problem in, in my enclave and several others. Uh, and I understand that it's beginning to show up in the uh, GMCs. Well, James, mm-hmm. we're so glad that you've uh, called to let folks know about it. Uh, we've also mentioned to a lot of our listeners that there are uh, model uh, year and 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 forums where owners can go and talk about their car carcomplaints.com you can also click on the your make and model and you know see what other people have said so we're glad that you're sharing that with folks in Mississippi James thank you no problem and and please the only thing I'm saying really is for my defense of our of the dealers uh, I don't have a dog in that hunt but my dealer has been extremely extremely good in trying to resolve the problem. The problem is not the local dealership. It is the, the engineers and, and Buick itself. All right. Thank you, James. We appreciate your help. Let's now go to Jackson and talk to Ed. Uh, Ed, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hey, Allison. How you doing? Hey, this is Ed Inman. This is Ed with the Firebird. Oh, hey, Ed. How are you? Ooh, a firebird. <laughs> yes, that he's been driving for years and years and takes very good care of. How are you doing, Ed? Great. Let me, let me, let me say one thing about first on the tires. Okay. Put them up two pounds over the door, and when you go on a trip, put them up four pounds over the door. That'll be uh, a little rough ride, but it'll, it'll increase the gas miles tremendously. Now, That's true. Yep. I'm going to command... If people can do it, I know there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't want to do it, getting an OBD1 car. Find you an old car that you like, you know, a 90s car that is in good shape and doesn't have a lot of miles on it. Because if something happens to it, you don't got to take it to the dealer to replace the computer. Throw a set of tires on it, get a tune-up. You you spend a little more on gas, but you save fifteen twenty thousand. How much money? How much gas mileage can you get for ten thousand dollars? Get an old car, have the air right. conditioner checked out and tires, and drive it. The heck with buying a new car. There's, there's millions of them out there. Find that's a classic. That is true. Yeah. And that's what I. Thousand dollars for a car, and 
you know, spend a couple of grand and uh, I drive it. I got like that. Firebird's got a quarter million mile, million miles on it, and my little GT's got hundred and fifty, and a. Uh, the old Taurus I got gets 26 miles a gallon, 2,000 Taurus. And That's if, pretty if good. the computer gets bad, you go, to, you go to the car store, you plug it in, the computer, you know, but the computer, mm-hmm. no, it's like a self computer. As you drive it, the computer learns. Uh, they don't have to go $400. You don't have to go to the dealer. You find yourself a good mechanic that'll take care of it. You know, throw him a couple hundred bucks for a you know, for for doing something, he'll take care of you the rest of your life, and you drive happily ever after. That's, That's true. They don't it. make them like they used to. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. We uh, I love that philosophy. That's good philosophy. Let's take our last call and go to Larry in Biloxi. Larry, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was um, inquiring. Uh, my sister has a 2001 uh, Nissan Versa, and um, it's an automatic. Uh, she loves the car. It's only got 107,000 miles on it. But the transmission, she has an automatic transmission, and it's gone out. Um, yeah. And the uh, Nissan dealership wants $4,500 for a new transmission. My understanding is there's two di- two different engine sizes, but they have that, uh, I don't know what you call it, the transmission where, you know, you don't feel the shift like you the used to in The continuously variable transmission, the CVTs. Yeah, and, and talking with um, uh, a, a good friend of mine who's a mechanic, he said that Nissan had a problem with those, and instead of doing any kind of recall, they um, they just extended the warranty, which even with the extended warranty, she's out of that. Um, Eventually, they did do a recall on the later model ones, but it's not on the earlier ones, like a 2001. Um, is there is, is there... Do people rebuild transmissions anymore or, or, you know? Yes, uh, they do. And uh, check around with local shops and see who's really comfortable with rebuilding a a CVT transmission and see if you can get it done cheaper. It's it's quite possible you can get it done cheaper than that. Is there um, any... Does she have any stand with Nissan on that? And I guess unless they unless they come out with a recall, she's kind of stuck. Yeah, I don't think there's much you can do with Nissan on that, and it's because the car is so much older at this point, even though it's low miles. But but uh, she's kind of stuck with that situation. All right, Larry, thank you so much for calling in. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener today has been Jay White, and our board engineer is Michelle McAdoo. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as The Lady Auto Mechanic, and also as Allison Walker, I'm Liz Gill. I hope you'll join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 